Welcome to Lessons for Living. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Eddie Aikau was born on the island of Maui on May the 4th, 1946. He is one of the most respected names in surfing. His family later moved to the island of Oahu and he became the first lifeguard hired by the city and county of Honolulu to work on the North Shore. Not one life was lost while he served as lifeguard at Waimea Bay. Eddie braved surf that often reached 20 feet high or more to make a rescue. He became very famous for surfing the big Hawaiian surf and he won several surfing awards. The local saying, Eddie would go, referred to his stoke to take on big waves that other surfers would shy away from and his courage to make a rescue in impossible situations. Eddie became involved in perpetuating his Hawaiian heritage. In 1976, the Polynesian Voyaging Society sailed to Hakalua on a successful 30-day, 2,500-mile journey following the ancient route of the Polynesian migration between the Hawaiian and Tahitian Islands. In 1978, a second voyage of the traditional sailing canoe was planned. At 31 years of age, Eddie was selected for this voyage as a crew member. Well, the Hakalua left the Hawaiian Islands on March 16, 1978. The double-hulled voyaging canoe developed a leak in one of the hulls and later capsized in stormy weather, about 12 miles south of the island of Molokai. Well, in an attempt to get to land to save his crew, the Eddie Aikau paddled toward Lanai on his surfboard. Hours later, a commercial airplane spotted the Hakalua, and the rest of the crew was soon rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. Eddie Aikau was missing at sea. Despite great search efforts, Eddie was never seen again. In Eddie's honor, the surfwear company Quicksilver sponsors the Eddie, the Quicksilver Big Wave Invitational in memory of Eddie Aikau at Waimea Bay. Well, the idea of the Big Wave Invitational was created by Bruce Raymond and Bob McKnight. Since its inception, the tournament has only been held nine times due to a precondition that open ocean swells reach a minimum of 20 feet. This translates to a wave face height of over 30 feet. Well, the most recent tournament was just a few months ago when the waves reached 30 to 50 feet high, 50 meters. The contest invites only 28 big wave riders to participate in two rounds of competition. The event does not allow the use of jet skis to tow surfers into the waves. You know, the Bible says, no one has greater love than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. Well, in today's program, I want to talk to you about Jesus giving his life for his friends you and I. You know, the death of Jesus on that cross was a painful event. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus suffered greatly when he died. But the Bible also makes it clear that the death of Jesus wasn't about the pain. 
the death of Jesus at Calvary was for a purpose. Look at what Isaiah chapter 53 says. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our grief he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us to fall on him. It tells us in great detail that Jesus was to suffer, but it makes it plain over and over that that suffering, well, that was for you and me. The cross was not about the pain. It was about the payment. Even as Jesus hung on the cross that day, he gave us a living illustration of what his death was all about. For that day, in the midst of his own pain and agony, he reached out in love and compassion to save a lost sinner. That, my friends, is the reason he was born, lived, died, and rose again. He did it all so that lost sinners like us might have the opportunity to be saved by his grace. Luke chapter 23, beginning at verse 32. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right, the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there, was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus Remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. We are told that this man is a criminal, a malefactor, some translations say. It's an evildoer. He was a criminal. He had been caught, convicted, and now had been condemned for his crime. He is in agony. He's dying. And what makes it more tragic is that 
This man is about to die just like he lived without God. He has lived a wicked life and he's headed to lose out on eternity. We are told that even through his own pain, this dying man cried out in mockery of the Lord Jesus Christ. He even questions the identity of Jesus when he uses the word if. He doesn't believe the testimony of Jesus. He doesn't believe the sign hanging over the head of Jesus that proclaims him to be the king of the Jews. He is dying, and in that moment of anger, pain, and torment, he lashes out at the very one who could have made a difference in his eternity. But his words and actions tell us where his heart is. It's still lost. It's still blinded in the darkness of sin. We don't know a lot about this man. We know he was a thief. He was a wrongdoer, an evildoer, a malefactor. He had been condemned to die for his crimes. But there is a marked difference between this man and the other thief. You see, at first, both mocked Jesus. Mark chapter 15, verse 32. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. But now this man, he has a change of mind. And he rebukes the other thief who is still mocking Jesus. This man had seen or heard something that day that touched his heart. He was being used by the Spirit of God and his eyes were being opened to who Jesus really was. For the very first time in his life, with his eyes filled with blood, dirt, and sweat, he finally begins to see things clearly. He sees clearly who he is. He sees that the man hanging on the cross next to him, despite all appearances, is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of man. What did he see that made that difference? Well, it could have been any number of things that spoke to his heart. But whatever it was, it told him that that Jesus, that was no ordinary man. Whatever it was, it told him. It told this dying criminal that, that Jesus, he was the Messiah. And Jesus was his only hope. And as he hangs there in the presence of Jesus, this man confesses himself to be a sinner he declares his own guilt for all to hear. He is a repentant sinner. There's always been a tendency for us sinners to pass blame. Well, Adam and Eve even tried that tactic back in Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? 
The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. <laughs> you see, everyone wants to pass the buck. Oh, we want to blame our parents for our upbringing. We want to blame the hard knocks of life. We want to blame our rowdy friends. But until we get honest about our sin and repent from, before God, we can never receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. You see, sin today is as vile and repugnant to God as it has ever been. You see, man says sin is an accident, but God says it's an abomination. Man says it's a blunder. God says it's blindness. Man says sin is a chance. God says it's a choice. Man says it's a disease. God says it's a defect. Man says sin is an error. God says it is enmity. Man says it is a fascination. God says, no, it's a fatality. Man says it's great. God says it's gross. Man says sin is happiness. God says it is hateful. Man says sin is innocent. God says it's indecency. Man says sin is justified. God says it brings judgment. Man says it's keen. God says it kills. Man says it's liberating. God says it's a liability. Man says it's a mistake. God says it's murderous. Man says it's naughty. God says it's nauseating. Man says it's an opportunity. God says it is oppression. Man says sin is a passion. God says it's a pity. Man says it's a quirk. God says it's a quagmire. Man says sin is a reward. God says it's repulsive. Man says it is a sickness. God says it's sin. Man says it is a trifle. God says it's a tragedy. Man says it's unavoidable. God says it's ungodliness. Man says it's a virtue. God says, no, it's a violation. Man says it is weakness. God says it's wickedness. Man says sin is exciting. God says no, it's excess. Man says it's yearning. God says it's yielding. Man says it's zesty. God says no, it's a zero. You see, until you and I come to the place where we can see our sins as God sees them, we'll never be saved. You see, the Bible says the first step in salvation is repentance. This man hanging there on the cross sees himself as he is, but he also sees Jesus as he is. He recognizes the fact that Jesus is no ordinary man. He understands that Jesus had committed no sins and that he is exactly 
who he claims to be. This man was able to look beyond the present. With eyes of faith, he saw Jesus dying, resurrecting, and reigning someday. With a tiny bit of faith in his heart, he cries out to the Lord, and he is heard, and he is received by the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew Jesus was who Jesus claimed to be. This poor dying man yielded all to the Son of God and embraced Jesus as his Savior. Let me ask you, have you come to that place in your life? Have you ever trusted Jesus Christ and him alone as your personal Savior? Are you saved today, right now? You may have done many things wrong, but you can still reach out to Jesus. As Jesus hung there in agony and shame, dying for the sins of humanity, he reaches out in love and compassion to this poor lost thief. Jesus saw this moment as the perfect opportunity to save a soul. Jesus saved this man just because he called on him. He would have saved the other thief also had he called out in faith. And he will save you if you call to him in faith right now. Can I ask you something? Do you believe God knows everything? I do. But I want to tell you four things God does not know. Number one, God does not know a sin that he does not hate. Number two, God does not know a sinner that he does not love. Number three, God does not know a better plan of salvation, that faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And four, God does not know a better time for you to be saved than right now. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, For God says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus accepted the faith of that dying thief and told him that his faith had made all the difference. I, th I think you would agree with me that that situation looked pretty hopeless. Here were two dying men. One cries out to the other and receives the promise of salvation. Well, let me tell you, even when things looked hopeless for Jesus, he was still just as much God as he had ever been. He had just as much power as he had ever possessed. He was just as able to save there on the cross as always. When that poor dying thief cried out in this simple childlike faith, Jesus responded by saving his soul. It does not matter how far in sin you have traveled. It doesn't matter what kind of wickedness you have gotten yourself into. If you will come to Jesus and call on his name for forgiveness, he will receive you and he will save you. For everyone, the Bible says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. He's not going to turn you away. It says, however, those that the Father has given me will come to me 
and I will never reject them. John 6, 37. What Jesus did for that thief, what he did for me, what he's done for others, he wants to do for you right now if you come to him. Three men died that day on a hill called Mount Calvary. One died in his sins. One man died to sin. He turned to Jesus by faith and was saved. And the third man, Jesus, died for sin. He gave his life on that cross so that you and I might have our sins forgiven. If you will come to Jesus by faith, believing that he died for you and rose again, well, you can be saved. If you're already saved and have allowed the things of this world or an, an old bitter spirit to come between you and the Lord who loves you, you need to come and experience his forgiveness. If you're saved and are walking in a close fellowship with Jesus, maybe you just want to come and, and thank him for what he's done for you. Is there a need in your life? Well, there is hope and help in the Lord Jesus. Come to him by faith, and you will find that he is all you're ever going to need. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you that even as that thief cried out to Jesus, forgive me, he was embraced and he was accepted. Father, I pray for all those right now that are calling out to Jesus in prayer, claiming him as their personal savior. Father, will you bless them and draw near to them? And every single viewer, we ask that you bless in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have a couple of offers for you today. We have two little books. Uh, one we've offered here before, and one is brand new. Let's start with a brand new one. I have this little book for you by Alejandro Bullion called Signs of Hope. It's a wonderful little book that, uh, particularly for those that may be questioning why is there so much evil in this world and so much pain, this is a wonderful little book that helps you understand where that comes from. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't come from God. The other book is probably one of my favorites. It is called Steps to Christ. And for someone who is just being introduced to who Jesus is, if you have a friend or a family member that uh, you've been trying to witness to, if you're watching and you don't really know who Jesus is, you never, this is a great little book to introduce you to Jesus. We want to offer both of these books to you as a gift. Now, there's no cost to these books. There's no obligation on your part. These books are made available uh, through the generosity of viewers that make the donation, that give us donations that we can in fact um, provide these books to you at, at no cost for your spiritual library. If you're interested in these books, here's how you can order your set.
To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another program. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I also want to thank you for the kind words of encouragement, the emails you send us. I know that many of you are praying for our program. Uh, some of you have been very kind and you've sent us donations and we truly appreciate those. And, uh, please know that any money that is allocated for this ministry goes to keep this ministry on the air. It, it, none of it comes to me or my family. It is exclusively to pay for airtime and for the production and for the, the gifts we hand out. And so um, if you'd like to send a donation, you can. It's, we'll send you a charitable uh, receipt uh, for income tax purposes. Remind you of the website, l4ltv.com. On the website, a number of things you can do. All of the previous programs are on the website. They're under the previous program tab. So you're going to see them all listed there from October when we started airing all the way through. You can look at them. You can download them. You can share them with your friends and family. If you happen to be out and you miss the broadcast, you can always watch it at your leisure uh, on, our, uh, on our website. On the website, you can also find a Bible study group. And if you are, there's a number of them listed in Ontario and in Alberta. But if there isn't one close to you and you would like to study the Bible, then email me. There's a form right there on the page. You can contact me through that form or at my email, bill at l4ltv.com. And we'll set up a method to study the Bible with you. We can do it by Skype. We can do it by correspondence. We can do it online. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. We can have a Bible instructor come out uh, to you. So if you want to study scripture, just let us know and we'll set you up for that. There's no cost for that whatsoever. I mean, you know, I've said it many times. I believe that Christians need to be grounded in God's word. And so whatever we can do to help you study, that's what we're here to do. Let me talk to you a little bit about the Facebook page. So go on the Facebook page. You can like us. Uh, once the program is aired, I typically put it up on the YouTube channel and on our Facebook page. And I put on the Facebook page because you can then look at it and you can share it with all of your friends on Facebook. And so it's a very simple way of getting this message out to literally thousands of people very easily. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Santos underscore Bill. 
Well, I think I've given you all of the information I need this week. I just want to let you know that I'll be praying that we can get together again next time. God bless you. We'll see you back here real soon.